the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio-registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Are you ready for some October baseball, Carrie? No, I'm not a big baseball what? person, but... Uh... <laughs> this could be the year of the tribe. I, oh, I hope so for the city. I think it's great. I just personally yeah. don't. All right, go ahead. Well, I'm, All right. well, I'm reliving the, the Grand Slam walk-off. You want All right. Do... Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational radio talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact your financial life, financial news, um, tax law changes and other um, information that you want to be aware of and hopefully um, enlighten people to realize that there's um, more choices um, and they can be much more proactive and get a better result instead of just letting the cards fall where they may. Um, Typically, if you uh, don't do anything, there's some government plan in place that usually is not in your best interest. And this show is sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planning firm, and we've been helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 30 years through unbiased, objective analysis and advice. And we do... uh, use math models to do conservative realistic projections so that for people who are working or already in retirement um, with spending issues, creating the cash flow that they need um, in there, especially in their retirement as tax efficiently as possible while they're working, what um, things should they do in preparing for retirement and how long do they have to work to have the 
retirement lifestyle they want. I mean, it's beyond just having their immediate needs met. Maybe you want to actually spend money and do things in retirement because you've worked hard and saved. And how do you use the opportunities? You'll hear this a lot on the show. Uh, how do you use opportunities and avoid the traps and the complicated tax code um, and avoid some of the financial disruptors? Or how do you plan for those? I know, Mark, we talked a lot on the show about building. When we use these math models, we have a base case, which a lot of the online tools you know, that's their whole plan is our, which is our really main, our first step in the planning is like their base case, or we call it plan A. Right. Yeah. Carrie, we always say, you know, you have to make assumptions when you're mm-hmm. building a financial plan. So it's a model, right? right. You're, you're trying to model what you think today under your best assumptions about income. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't retired yet, you know, when does the income, the salary going to end, Right. Um, what income comes in retirement, whether mm-hmm. you're getting a pension or social security, um, versus what expenses you're building into your plan and rates of inflation on those expenses and, you know, mandatory living expenses, health care, mm-hmm. discretionary spending, all those things that build into, you know, there's a lot more possible expenses than there right. are income sources, right? And taxes, modeling and tax projections. Right. And so what you try to do is say, what's your income gap, right? In other words, how much more are my planned expenses over my retirement income? Right. And what assets do I have in the background? And then which pots of money do I pull that money from to cover those expenses? And that's, of course, your nest egg. Right. And they're saying, so what is my, you know, how much am I going to pull from my nest egg to supplement my income gap? You know, Mm -hmm. and that's a model. Right. Now, now the thing is, you know, all models are wrong, Mm -hmm. but some are useful. Mm hmm. Right. So, you know, it's not the idea that you do this once right. uh, today and you print that 32 page out financial plan out and just stick it in the sock drawer for 30 years and then in 10 years pull out and say, oh, here's where I'm going to be right here. No, it doesn't work that way. The the the, the, the plan is is uh, outdated before the ink is dry on it. Well, and we have people that that's why the importance of the maintenance of our plan. We have a huge group of clients that are maintenance planning. Some people come in a couple times a year. Some people come in every couple of years. And we do have those people that just don't want to deal with it and come in every few years. Right. Well, if their plan is. Yeah. So the, the point is. The it, the financial planning process. It's not so much about printing out a, a plan model today. It's the idea that yeah, you do that. But the it's the idea the the, the financial planning discipline or financial planning process is is you learning how to adjust your plan when reality. Uh, you know, changes one of your assumptions. Right. And for our clients, after the first year, we usually typically start with a year on net worth. Our plan projection thought you would be here. Are you ahead of plan? Are you short of plan? Is it because how many times do we see a lot of people ahead of plan? It could be because of the market. Um, and the gains that they've gotten, they didn't spend as much as we thought they did. You know, we had built in all these assumptions, but maybe they didn't get the right. new car. Maybe they didn't go that we budgeted 10 grand for a trip. They only spent five. And that's partly the idea of you say when you make assumptions, we always talk to our clients about, you know, you keep two parameters in mind for every assumption um, that goes in your plan. One that it's conservative mm-hmm. and two that it's realistic. And they're not the same thing. No. You, you could have a very conservative assumption that's not realistic at all or right. vice versa. A lot of times, you know, what's a simple example of that, Carrie? Well, it could be sometimes when we ask um, about the next automobile, right? Okay. You know, and, and 
And a lot of times our new clients coming in, you know, they've built out a budget. They filled out some of our expense schedules. Right. And we, can, we have shortcuts if you don't know how right. to do that because we've done it a thousand times, right? Um, but the idea is like they don't put anything down for automobile replacements. Mm-hmm. And, and so we ask the question, well, what about, you know, get, buying a new car? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Mark, I don't need to buy a car this year. Right. Well, what about in okay? Eventually, but, maybe yeah. Your we're car not asking if out. you're buying a car this year. The question is, how many more cars are you buying in your lifetime? Right. And how often do you replace it? Are you someone? We have clients that replace it every three to five years. We have other people replace it every ten to twelve right. years. And sometimes the ten to twelve years say, "Oh, Mark, you know, they're trying to be conservative because in right. their mind they're thinking, I'm going to keep myself from buying a car. I'm Mark. I drive my car into the ground. Right. You've heard that. Before, oh, I Karen. do. Yeah, that's uh, me too. I wasn't personally talking. About that. I was going to say I. <laughs> but, I put too well, you and I are not like I, right. I'm driving a 2010 right, right. now. Um, but the idea is okay. But it, you know. You you could say, Mark, I, I'm not going to replace my car for 12 years, or every 12 years right. I'll replace my car. Well, that may be conservative, right? But I, is it really realistic? Well, I as, guess it historically maybe. But as you get older, things change, you know, right. because I don't know how many children mm-hmm. who maybe the 65 year old children who's going to be letting their 85 year old mother drive around in a 12 year old car. All right, because it might not be dependable. Um, you but know. you know what, Mark? Typically, it has low miles. <laughs> you know, but you know, so it's just an example right. of saying. But so you could go conservative, but I don't know how realistic that is. Right. So maybe it's actually more conservative to assume you're going to have to replace that car sooner. Right. Maybe that's more conservative, and maybe that's more realistic. Right. Or I was thinking the other example where people say, "Run my plan at a two to three percent growth rate." But they're or or they want it at a higher growth rate, but all their assets I I'll rather probably a better example is they want to run at a four or five percent growth rate and all their assets because they lost money in two thousand eight are in CDs and cash. Right. That's the, not realistic. Right. That's the disconnect. And it could go the other way right. as well. That's you what know, I was thinking. You know, I think it's a bigger problem if it goes the other way when, when they're, um, they're saying, Mark, be conservative, run, see if my plan runs based on a 4% rate of return. Mm-hmm. And then, but when we actually, you know, look at how they're allocated, right. they're still 80% in stocks. It's like, well, you know, your 80 20 portfolio, uh, you know, it's not, it's a disconnect. If, mm-hmm. if your plan works based on a 4% return, I don't know if you should be taking on as much risk as you are just to be okay. You know, that's what hurt a lot of people in the lost decade. Right. You know, when they, you know, they, their plan, they would have been fine maybe with the 50 50 portfolio, but they, you know, they were in that 80 20 or some people 90 10 or whatever. And then when the, you had two major, you know, stock market declines, you know, correct, bear markets, right. you know, um, you know, crashes in 10 year period that killed their retirement plan. Right. And so, you know, it, it's that idea saying that, you know, yeah, you, you, you want to be conservative, but you also need to be realistic if you want, you know, and that's a good, uh, you know, conversation. If you haven't had that conversation with your investment advisor in a while, that's maybe something new. That's what we do for a lot of our clients. We coordinate, you know, we don't do investments. We don't manage assets for our clients, um, you know, but we do coordinate with their investment advisors and we talk about, you know, are you rebalancing your portfolio or how often you should be doing that? You know, are you looking at what rate of return do you 
you need to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know if you and and how much risk can you take off the table in that circumstance? Right, and those are examples. As much as we use these math model for a big picture, then we take it to the next level as far as the financial planning pieces, doing the analysis on pension elections, Social Security timing, um, Roth conversions, and putting all these little things together in a long range conservative plan. And, and Mark, when you talked about other advisors, the estate planning team is also known for coordination of advisors. We believe people should be talking to one another to get um, the best result possible. Customized, comprehensive plans. We also like our plans. Our fees are also customized. We have hourly and retainer options, depending on how much or how little help someone may need or want from our planning process. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We've won the Super Service Award for multiple years. And we offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different. We both have, um, you could do free consultations by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, and we have offices around the greater Cleveland area. And you can see how our process is different, how we help, how we work with other advisors. And you're welcome to come in right now. We're scheduling now through the end of the year, although we're starting to gear up for our year-end tax plan or year-end planning opportunity season. I also wanted to remind people, and we have quite a few people already um, registered, but we have our planning class uh, for retirees and people nearing retirement. It's retirement planning for 2018 and beyond on Wednesday, October 3rd at six o'clock right in Independence. And there's a free workbook for everyone who comes out that includes the updates on tax tables. We're going to talk about steps and strategies that impact your lifestyle, rising healthcare costs, inflation, market volatility, common financial disruptors. We're going to talk about retirement rules. That you probably, if you're a listener, you've heard on the show, um, and there's many rules or, or that you should follow, but in reality, they're misused, misunderstood, spending issues, rising healthcare costs, again, and understanding the tax tables and the different thresholds, timing of Social Security, Medicare B thresholds, and lots of helpful information. Register now. We do ask that you pre-register. The room is limited. Um, you can either call for a consultation or come into the class, or you can do both at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. If you call now, leave us a number and we'll call you back on Monday morning. If you send an email through the website, you will get a response usually 24 to 48 hours. Um, That's financialfoodforthought.com or 440-239-2090. All right. You're listening to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years. And we've been doing classes, Carrie, for 33 years. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it, it, it's all, we, we always try to, you know, zero in, you know, the issues never go away. You know, what most people are, you know, going into retirement, you know, what they want to know is, you know, am I going to run out of money before life? And the start of that getting peace of mind that is getting a good financial model based on not what your neighbor's doing, Mm-mm. not what your parents did, not what your coworker is doing. You have to customize. You got to sharpen your own elbows. Um, you know, this this year's classes were taking a special emphasis on the new tax law. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the same thing. I don't care what the tax law is doing to the masses. What's imp- what you need to know is what's it. How is it affecting you? Right. Um, and we talked a lot about that. I want to thank everyone who came out to our um, IRA and Roth planning class mm-hmm. this week. Um, and 
it, you know, was, uh, saw a lot of new faces and, you know, we had a, a couple discussions and one of the things that, um, you know, kind of came up, Carrie, is, um, Roth conversions, right? You know, should I or shouldn't I? And, and, Again, it's a very individualized thing. I, I think everybody should at least look at it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the point. I mean, yeah, you should look at it. It doesn't. But not everyone mean, should do it, right? Um, and you could talk about, well, are you a possibly a good candidate to do it, mm-hmm. right? And and so you know, we talked about some of those things. You know, what makes a good candidate to do a Roth conversion? And these are just some generalizations, but you really, uh, what you want to, you know, your own custom plan, you really want to zero in on these, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is, of course, you know, and we're not talking about Roth contributions, Carrie, now, right? right. We're talking the, the, about the, conversions. Two separate issues. You know, where, and, you know, some of the questions people still have, well, is there age restrictions on doing conversions? And the answer, the short answer is no. Um, you know, there, there is, you know, you, you, you know, there is no age, you know, mm-hmm. limitation around being able to do Roth conversions. Um, there, um, it's not based on income anymore. You know, at one time, if you had too much modified adjusted gross income, was, the limit was a hundred thousand, you weren't allowed to do a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. You know, that was eliminated by the government back in 2010, Right. So today there's no income rules or limitations regarding Roth conversions or no age restrictions regarding Roth conversions. The key, though, is, you know, obviously, if you're doing a converting a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, you have to pay the taxes on the conversion. Right. right? Um, so that leads to then, am I a good or bad candidate? Well, the first question we'd probably ask you is, do you believe that income tax rates are going up in the future or do you think they're going down in the future? Because if you think income tax rates are going up in the future, you may want to start thinking about doing Roth conversions now with the lower tax tables. Or if you're in a very favorable tax or very low tax bracket now, right. or if you're in a zero, how many times do we have somebody in a zero tax bracket? Hedge your bet, right. and regardless of tax law changes, put yourself in a better position. Yeah, they're still deferring. There's still nothing better than tax free. Yeah, then that, and if you don't max out your zero bracket last year, you'll never get to max that out again, right? So that is a no brainer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we still see that case from time to time. Um, but and if you're in the other camp, you think that income tax rates are going to be lower in the future, then you might not want to do a Roth conversion right, right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, under the current tax law, you know, that we talked about, right, the lower tax tables, the individual lower tax tables aren't permanent. Right. So we, we they're in they're set in law in place right now to through year 2025. And then if Congress does not extend them or get them permanent, you know, the Republicans are talking about their, you know, tax cut 2.0, right? Right. I don't think, personally, I don't think they have enough votes to get that to get passed that right done. now. Um, but the idea is, you know, at least, you know, you have the lower individual tax tables through 2025. So that may weigh into your uh, decision. Um, another one that people sometimes don't think about, so sometimes we, we can, you know, you know, determine whether you're a good or bad candidate, um, is, you know, you know, what percentage of your total, we were talking about your total nest egg before, right? Right. Um, well, what percentage of your nest egg is in traditional IRAs versus how much is maybe in non-qualified, you know, investments outside of, uh, tax qualified plans. 
Now, we're using IRAs here broadly. You know, we've right. been talking about 401ks, 403bs, SEPs, SIMPLEs. You know, we're mm-hmm. just using, you know, that tax qualified plan as an, you know, we're calling it an IRA right now. Because I, w- I would make an argument that if, if let's say you're 100% year of your nest egg, if 80% of it's in non qualified or after tax investments and only 20% is in tax qualified investments, chances are a Roth conversion is not going to do a whole lot for you. Right. But if it's the opposite, if you've got 80% in IRAs of your nest egg and 20% in your non-qualified, chances are a Roth conversion will be more beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can make another broad-based generalization is that the younger you are, as opposed, in other words, it may be better if you start your Roth conversions at 60 as opposed to 80. But if you're 60 and you have a lot of income, maybe it's not a good idea right. and you're still working. Um, and let's talk about that. You know, so yeah, to do Roth conversions on top of wages, mm. especially if you're working, Carrie, and you're still contributing to the 401k, right. you're just washing. I mean, you're not really going to be doing Roth conversions at that point. You're just kind of washing out your tax deferral, right? Right. Um, but let's say, um, but let's go the other end of that spectrum. Let's say you're retired or, you know, plan on retiring and let's say you plan to move after maybe 10 years of retirement or maybe five years after retirement, you plan to move to one of those tax-free states, okay? Because maybe Mm -hmm. you want to set up your retirement in an income tax-free state. Okay. Okay. Can you remember the big seven, right? The seven income tax-free states in this country right now are Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Texas, Washington, and Wyoming. Okay. Okay. Those are, those are the seven income tax-free states right now. So for a lot of Clevelanders, Florida is certainly on that list, right? Um, sometimes, you know, Texas, um, Nevada, I don't know. Now for California... Nevada's a big place right. where they're retiring to, right? Because you don't have to move too far right. and, you, and you get away from California income tax. Now, besides the seven tax-free states, we can also throw in five more tax-friendly, retirement tax-friendly okay. states. Those would be Alabama, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee, okay. who you know tax retirement income very favorably, right? Um, so you know you could look at those. But the point is, if you were planning, well, let's say you're in retired right now, you're still living in Ohio that still has an income tax, right? But five years from now, you plan on living in Florida in a tax-free income tax-free state. You might not want to do your Roth conversions now. You might want to wait till you're in a tax-free state. So at least you wouldn't have to be paying the Ohio income tax on your Roth conversion. Well, I think this is a great example, Mark, of if you want the best answer, you really need to look at it in more depth or and because you're going to get a much better net result and more net spendable dollars than if you just make a quick decision. Right. So now one of the things that we did talk about at the class and we about the with the new tax law is um, regarding Roth conversions, a big tool in our toolbox was taken away. And you got to be right. aware of this. Um, That's what the new tax law changes. Right. So this is one that really took away one of our great tools, and that was called the Roth recharacterization. And what that rule said was that if you implemented a Roth conversion, now normally, Carrie, you know, Roth conversions have to be done by December 31st, right, Mm -hmm. of the year, you know, you're doing it. And let's say 
you know, you worked out your financial plan, your financial model, and you thought you had room to do a $10,000 Roth conversion. Okay. Because let's say you were trying to max out your zero tax bracket, or maybe right. you're trying to max out, you know, the $170,000 threshold for where your Medicare B premiums go. Because you, the model, you already modeled and you said, if you just wait for required minimums, eventually your required minimums are going to go right through that threshold. Mm-hmm. So rather than waiting for that to happen, you're being upfront about that. You're doing some long-term tax planning. You're saying, I'd rather convert now before my required minimums. Um, you know, because, you know, and, and still stay under that threshold now. And by doing that, theoretically, if I'm doing the Roth conversions now, I'm lowering my future required minimum. Right. Okay. So now by moving enough money out of IRA before my required minimum distributions begin, I will be able to stay under that threshold, even with the required minimums. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the idea, right? So let's say you you work that out and you figure that you could do a $10,000 Roth conversion and stay under that threshold that you were targeting, mm-hmm. right? But lo and behold, when you get your final, you know, 1099s and, and all your capital gains sometime in, you know, March or April, you know, you're sitting down with your CPA or you're doing it yourself on your robot you know, at home, you realize, oops, I missed, I only was expecting X in capital gains and capital gains came in a lot higher. So now all of a sudden that $10,000 Roth conversion was, seems too high Okay, because it just put me with my other income. Now my income is through that threshold. Well, we had a wonderful tool called the Roth recharacterization, which said that you got a do over. You could recharacterize all or part of that Roth conversion you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you had until October 15th of right, the following year to do that. Which is coming up, by the way, because you're still good you for 2017. You could still do that for 2017. Right. But that'll be the last year. So that was a great, you know, thing to have in your back pocket that you, you could do your Roth conversion. And if you, in retrospect, if you say, Oh, I did too much. You could just recharacterize it. Now, you had to cross the T's and dot the I's, but that's where coordination advisors. So in that case, we'd get together with the IRA custodian and we'd get together with the the client's CPA and we'd talk about it and we'd make sure it was done correctly if we were going to recharacterize. But the new tax law took that away. So now you have to, it's still a good strategy. You just have to be extra careful that you don't go over those thresholds. Right. you got to maybe leave yourself a little bit more room. Right. right? So maybe you can't do quite as much because right. you're not sure what capital gains will do or, between now and the yeah, end of the year. Or you're not exactly sure where if your income isn't set. You know, right. if, if you're like sp- some people get bonuses and or small business right. or, you know, or anything, commissions or whatever. Um, so, you know, if you if you're not exactly sure where your income's coming in, um, you know, and you're still planning on doing a Roth conversion. So those are some of the, you know, things that we talked about the class. And, and, and like I said, you know, you mentioned coming up at the end of the year. So that's why we, you know, we tell all our clients, you know, circle November 1st on your calendar. Because if that's where you may want to start thinking about doing any, you know, end of year tax maneuvers. Right. Because, you know, 10 months of the year is done. So hopefully the surprises are out of the way. Right. And now you're running a pro forma for 18, you know, and, and we're doing a lot of coordination with our clients' CPAs because, you know, we, 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 you know, we talk to our clients a lot and we, and we ask them, well, has your tax preparer, has he talked to you about the new tax law? Has he looked at your tax position since you saw him in April? And if they say no, we say, well, you know what? Let's get him on the phone. 
Right. You know, because, you know, let's talk about this. And, and, and also, you know, we're also running, you know, projections and saying, okay, do we think there's room, you know, it, whether to do a Roth conversion or it could do other thing too. Make sure you got your required minimums done. Right. You know, when we're talking about, I'm going to talk about that more today, required minimums. Um, you know, and, and, you know, because if you miss a required minimum, that's a 50% penalty you want to stay away from. Or, you know, if you're right now, remember, a lot of people say, Mark, I wish I didn't even have to take those RMDs, right? Because I don't have any plans to go to Hawaii and, and, and I don't have any home improvements I got to do. And, and my 10 year old car is fine. I don't need to replace that right now. And, and my kids don't need any money. And, and my grandkids, they have enough college money that they don't have to take out loans, you know, so I don't need my RMD. Mm-hmm. I wish I wouldn't have to take it. Right. Okay. Um, now, well, they, so they, so the question is, well, say, well, Mark, can I just convert that to Roth? No. No. Okay. So the law says, no, you are not allowed to. So as much as we're talking about who or who can't do Roth conversions, one of the restrictions, if you are 70 and a half and subject to required minimum distributions, you are not allowed to convert your required minimum distributions to Roth. You okay. can convert more than oh, anything above the minimum required. Right. In other words, let, yeah. So let's say an example, simple example. Let's say your required minimum distribution was five thousand dollars. Well, you can't. You have to get that done first. Now, let's say you get that done, and now you want to do a Roth conversion on top of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to do another three thousand dollars. Right. That's possible. And that means that eight thousand is a distribution taxable. Uh, right. Line fifteen of your return is going to show up. Now, don't confuse that with some people say, "Well, I thought I could still put money into a Roth IRA at seventy and a half." See, now we're getting confused again. Right. If you're, you may, what you may be hearing that or somebody who is still working, mm-hmm. having earned income, if that's the case, you can still contribute to a Roth IRA. You know, the rule for traditional IRAs, you can no longer contribute to them once you're 70 and a half. Right. That's not the rule for Roth IRA. So if you're still working after 70 mm-hmm. and a half, have earned income, you could still contribute. And you have the available cash? Absolutely. You could still contribute to a Roth IRA unless you make too much income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're phased out again. So it's it's complicated, mm-hmm. but it, it just goes to show that, you know, you want to be working, coordinating with your advisors. So, you, you know, when you're building your financial model, you're looking at opportunities in a very complicated tax. Right. Code. And that's a great example. If you miss that IRA and Roth planning class, you can come in for a free consultation. We'll talk about how this issue impacts you. If you have those IRAs or similar assets, we'll, and you give us information ahead of time, we'll actually show you how much you get to spend if you followed minimum required distribution, how much goes to the government, and how much is left for your heirs. And I think that alone is worth coming in, and people are shocked by that. Um, and it's different for everybody. But in most cases, um, the government's going to get a, a bigger portion than you realize. And also, you're, you will show you how much is left at your life expectancy if you only follow minimum required distribution. And we offer the free no-obligation consultation or come out to the October 3rd retirement planning class. Um, it's at 6 p.m., an evening class and independence for retirees and people nearing retirement, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. 
All right. So, and, and, and the retirement class, you know, it's just right out of the headlines, right, Carrie? You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, we'll talk a little bit about long, you know, the long-term care dilemma. And we'll talk a little bit about longevity and, 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 you know, talk a little about, you know, the 4% rule and the 80% rule and all those rules mm-hmm. that you heard about. And if you're not really sure whether you should follow those or not. And part of that is that, see, in the olden days, all right. Olden days. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. Yeah. Right? Before we had, you know, sophisticated financial modeling tools. Mm-hmm. All right. Your parents or your grandparents, uh, if depending how old you are. Right. Um, had to kind of use these rules as a, as, as a rule as of a thumb. As a guideline. But also, I have to say, Mark, that generation when you and I started with the estate planning team was they had great pensions. Those pensions had guaranteed cost of living increases. They didn't pay for Medicare supplementals, like the the, right. the healthcare, and they did not have the debt that we have today. So, right, they, might have, right, was, they might have had a lost decade re- right retire- before they retired. Retirement planning and was simpler. It was easier. Well, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, the idea was, yeah. So sometimes you had to use a base rule, just a rule of thumb, a math a rule. You know, two plus two is four. So I'm going to use that. But, you know, the idea is now that we have the, the models and the robots, mm-hmm. okay, it can, it, can, it can crunch numbers quickly. And it helps you make better decisions. And you know that the impact of, hey, I make this decision, this is the long-term result. But what if I decide this? And you can model out all those different scenarios you may want to see and see right. what's the impact. So maybe I'm much more comfortable making a decision. Now, a lot of people say, oh, Mark, well... Why, you know, the robots are just going to replace all our jobs. Mm-hmm. I hope not. But. You know, there's robotic investment advisors out there, uh-huh. right? You know, there's robotic planning tools out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. It will eventually carry. Um, I, I do I firmly believe gone. that. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next 50 years or 100 years or five years, right? Um, but it's interesting. You know, what, the, what they're seeing is that right now, robots by themselves cannot perform better than robots working next to humans. Okay. Like the test cases, remember um, Big Blue, That remember that great computer program that was going to beat the chess champion? Yeah. Okay. So remember, that was the big thing, you know, whether the computer chess player Can beat. could beat the, the chess champion. Right. And remember it did, right? And that mm-hmm. was big news when finally the computer right. beat the chess champion. So now they said, okay, you know, proving that robots are better than humans. Okay, but since then they've been doing studies, and of course, once the now the chess computer, there's hundreds of robotic mm-hmm. chess. You know, right. they've even gotten better, right? But what they found, Carrie, in their studies is that when they when they give a human, so right now a human versus a, a robot, the robot's going to win in chess. Okay. Okay, but when they give the human the robotic program. So now when the human chess player can, you know, have a cheat sheet, a robotic, you know, chess player that he can work with. Right. The computer can't beat him alone. Hmm. So there's not, not at all. That's great. That's good news. So, so (laughs) what the human working with the robot can still outperform the, in in the chess. And so they're using chess. So there, some people say is that's how the, you know, our workforce is going to go. It's not going to be like one day we're all replaced by robots. There's going to be a time period where humans working with robots is going to be much more efficient because the robots by themselves can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, the human element still needs to be there. 
Um, so yeah, so um, but certainly take advantage of the robots mm-hmm. um, because it's it, just the tools, right? And and you can so yeah, so um, and right now, you know, you know, last week we were talking about the ten year anniversary of the Great Recession, right? And you know, a lot of there's a lot of news headlines right now saying, you know, have people forgotten? You know, have people say it can never happen again? You know, when is this next economic downturn going to happen? Well, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of consensus out Mm -hmm. there, right, Gary? But we always talk about, you know, talking about, well, maybe just for fun, we want to have the robot run us a plan R, an alternative plan. Plan R could be for stand for a recession or recovery. In other words, you know, so you may have your plan A up and going and, and saying, okay, everything's fine. What me worry? You know, um, the economy is, the GDP is going up. You know, we've got the tax cuts working for us. We've got low unemployment. You know, the new Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, says, you know, don't worry. He knows how he's got the Goldilocks decision on raising rates. Um, You know, he knows how to do it. It's different this time. You know, and. And it could be, however, just economic in itself. There's going to be whether a downturn at some point. It's how long is it going to last? Do you want to see that modeled in? Yeah. And and but, but here are some of the other headlines, right? The great bull market is dead. And here's what's next. That's Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Here's another opinion. The stock market indicator hasn't been so inflated since the in, in internet bubble top. You know, that's a 2000, okay. um, you know, meltdown. Um, Wall Street fears the end of an era. Um, U.S.-China trade war could soon pose a serious economic threat. Um. And, you know, investors may be forgetting the lessons from Lehman Brothers collapse. Okay. Um, how close are we to another financial crisis? You know, I mean, so, it, it, you know, that's the idea. You know, you know, are you going to, you know, are you going, you know, we have the capabilities now so we can model that next recession or stock market correction or however bad you think it is. And the idea is, you want to run a model that says, because in one sense, Carrie, it might not affect your lives today. Right. But in a weird way, it affects the longevity of your plan, you know? And so that's what you want to model. You want to say, well, if in the next few years we go through this period where there's going to be a downturn and then a period of, you know, slow or recovery, mm-hmm. and then eventually two or three years later, we're back to normal. And how does that affect you? For some right. people, it's really not going to make much of a difference. For other people, it's going to make a big impact. I mean, one of our philosophy is, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst, plan for those contingencies, and you're going to feel sleep better at night. And knowing what, how do you adjust? Right. So, um, so it's just the idea that saying that's you know the, the the models have gotten so much better. And you can, you know, but the robots still don't know exactly, you know, may forget to ask you some questions. So we still think, you know, that's, you know, work with, you know, if you're looking to get help in that area, um, you know, it's that combination of, of what the human element, you know, what you, you know, what the robot's going to forget to ask you, but then let the robot crank all the numbers, right? Right. And if you come out to the October 3rd class, um, remember, it's for retirees and people nearing retirement and independence at six o'clock. 
Mark, Mark's going to speak about concepts and strategies um, that we've been talking about today and, and making you more aware of the issues and understanding the thresholds. And if you come out, it's free to attend and you get a free workbook. We do ask that you pre-register, which you can do um, online or by calling the office or come in for a free consultation about your individual questions and concerns. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Kara, so what about this RMD 7.5 rule? So, you know, you might have heard that President Trump, right, is working on that. Did you hear this, Gary? A little bit, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, uh, you know, I'm very excited about <laughs> It's going to be really big, Carrie. Really, really okay. big. It's going to be the biggest thing in retirement planning since the 401k. All right. Okay. You know, in my case, at 802k, because I'm so wealthy, I'm so rich, and I want to make every right. America rich again. Right. But it's, it's, uh, it's the RISA. It's RISA, okay. Carrie. You know, you know, RISA, it's going to be big. Okay. It's going to be really big. And it's going to be great. All right. Um, Let's hope. All right. So RISA stands for the Retirement Enhancement Savings Act. And actually, Carrie, we talked about this early on in the year. Um, what, why it came back in the news recently is because um, in, in, in August, um, Trump, you know, issued an executive order, right, for you know his treasury and um, you know the, the Department of Labor, whoever who was going to look at it to kind of study it, and. So it's something that's been brewing. Remember, okay. we talked about the the birth date of the four hundred one k, and right. there's going to be some changes. So it's something that's been brewing for a while. But but there's of, been lots going on this year. That's right. for sure. Because a lot of people <laughs> think, you know, the obviously that the retirement plan is broken, mm-hmm. and they're specifically saying the loss of pensions and the advance of the four hundred one k was a mistake. Right. Well, that's why you've talked on the show about the annuities in four hundred one k's. That right. Remember, it was annuities are bad. Now it's saying, hey, annuities aren't so bad. And right. let's, Yeah, the guaranteed income. Right. Now, and, and that may be part of RISA where they, they say, you know, the companies have to provide some type of um, illustration about if, if the if the retiree wants to turn their existing, you know, whatever their 401k, 401k into, an into a guaranteed income stream, which obviously is an annuity. Which is a, is a pretty much a pension. Um, now... Um, so we become full circle and it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe those fixed pensions weren't such a bad idea after right. all. Um, you know, that happens when you have a lost decade, mm-hmm. you know, when you have, you know, two major, you know, uh, crashes in a 10 year period. Um, now, so the, I, but there's been a, but part of it was a lot of people carry think that 70 and a half is unfair that they have to start taking money out. Mm hmm. And I don't know how this argument really stands up, but what they're kind of saying is, well, if I have to start taking money out of my IRA at 70 and a half, I'm going to run out of money before life. So why does the government make me do that? Because I would rather leave my money sit in my IRA, continue to grow tax deferred, so I have more money there when I'm 85. Okay. All right. Um, and you know, and, and that's kind of the argument. Now, other people argue also it's, you know, remember that the, the, 
you know, the amount that you take out starting at seven and a half is based on a life expectancy table. Right. Right, Gary. We call it the, you know, the uniform life table. And that, you know, and basically, you know, if you're not, you know, familiar how it works, right, you know, it, 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 it takes a, the life table gives you a divisor, right? So mm-hmm. it, if you take the 70 half year old and it assumes a second phantom person who's 10 years younger. So basically what the uniform life table says is that, you know, it starts with a joint life expectancy of a 70 and a half year old and a 60 half, half year old. And that joint life expectancy is 27.4 years. Now, don't ask me how we got there. It's long, it's complicated, it's boring, and this program's only an hour long. All right. Um, now, everybody uses a uniform life table, except there is still one exception. If you are married and your spouse is more than 10 years younger than you, you can use an alternative table. But everybody else uses a uniform table. All right. So what they're saying is life expectancies have gotten longer. So that should be adjusted. So that should be adjusted. And that's what, you know, uh, that was. I guess it's the same argument of Social Security should be adjusted. Or because of longevity. Right. Um, Now, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. So so there's really, you know, so in President Trump's um, executive order, you know, it's really three initiatives. One is the required minimum distribution rules. You know, with eyes, you know, with with the towards starting them later than seventy and a half, or reducing them once they do start. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. The second one is the is to consider the creation of pooled multi employer plans, which would allow companies to offer financial institutions four hundred one k plans with participants pooled from multiple unaffiliated uh, employers, rather than asking employers to create their own independent 401k plan from scratch. Because that can be expensive. Right. So the idea is that smaller companies, they can group together with other companies to reduce the overhead costs and get a better plan for everyone. Right. You know, safety in numbers. That's a good deal, right? Um, The third is review paperwork and administrative requirements for employers' workplace retirement plans with the intent on lowering costs and spurring retirement plan adoption among small and medium businesses. And then, and then part of all that, you know, it wasn't necessarily in, in Trump's executive order, but part of all RISA is the idea that does guaranteed income come back into this, you know, conversation, all right? Um, but let's get back to the required minimum distribution. So, um, the idea is, you know, what, what, what we talk about, if, you know, if you're just planning on following the required minimum distribution, okay, chances are you won't run out of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, now barring any, you know, if you lose all your IRA in a stock right. market crash, that's not what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, if you just assume a, uh, rate of return and just say, I'm just not going to never take out more than my required minimum, I don't know if you're going to run out of money. Um, that's why a lot of people think that this is really just if they, this gets passed, it's really just going to make the rich richer. Okay. And not do a whole lot for the middle class. All right. Um, and, you know, and, you know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> President yeah, Trump. Yeah, but some of it, I mean, if you. Well, talk- I just turned 70 and a half a few years ago, Carrie. Right. And, and I had no idea how that RMD could be. Right. Um, right. So go ahead. But what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, but the other parts of it could be really good. I mean, but but to have the flexibility, if I need it versus I mandate, 
you know, if you're delaying minimum required or the amount that you have to take out, certainly if you need it, you can certainly take right. it. But the, so here's the thing. So everyone's getting really excited about this. Okay. But I'm not getting too excited about this because I don't see any bill yet. Right. This is an executive order based on a, an idea that's been floating around for a long, long time. It's it's far from a bill. What you're it, saying is... And a bill is far, far from a law. Right. All right. There have um, been a lot of bills that went nowhere. Um, now, so that's why I'm not too excited about this. But I'm also saying I don't know how excited you should be anticipating this. Because, you know, we can look at some... So I asked the robot to crunch some numbers. Okay. All right. Because um, that's what the robots are good at. So, Carrie, I don't know. Do you want to assume a $500,000 IRA or a million dollar IRA? Let's do 500. Okay. So if you got a million in your IRA, just double these numbers. Right. right. Um, so let's say you're 70 and a half, uh, starting your required minimum. You got 500,000. You divide that by 27.4, which is the current, you know, reg uniform. Mm-hmm. So your, you know, distribution is going to be, you know, roughly, you know, 3.65% mathematically, or in this case, 18,248 bucks. Okay. Right. Now, and you're complaining because you don't want to start at seven and a half. Okay. And you're getting excited because Trump is getting executive order. He's going to change that. Okay. But we don't know how he's going to change it. So the question is, is he going to make it, you know, so it's no longer 70 and a half. It's somewhat long, you know, later that it begins. They could go that way. Right. You could say you don't have to start at 70 and a half. You start, right. Start at what? 75? 75? I don't know. 80? Do I hear 90? Okay. The other way they could go is say, no, you still have to start at 70 and a half, but we're going to increase the longevity. So we're not going to use the 27.4 years. So your required minimum is going to be a lot less. Right. Maybe we'll add, I don't know, how much How much far life spans go up? Are we living five years longer? So let's add five years on to the 27.4. And so now it still has to start at 70 and a half. But instead of dividing by 27.4, you divide by 34. Okay. I'm sorry, 32, 32.4. Mm-hmm. Am I doing my math? You got that calculator right? 27.4 plus five is 32.4. Right, okay. So do you start at 32.4 instead of 27.4? Okay. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Right. So you now maybe they'll do a combination. I don't know. But let's go, let's say that. So, and what do we, and what's our uh, IRA growing at, Carrie? What do you want to use? 5%. Okay, 5%. If you want to use, now that's how you customize it. Because you might want to use 3%. You might want to use 6%. You might want to tell the robot, run it both ways. Mm-hmm. What does this look like to me if I use a 3% rate of return? What does it look like to me if I use a 5% rate of return? Um, okay, so if you follow the required minimum, so under the current law, you start with 500000 you just follow that 5% rate of return. Okay, you're, you know, at, by age 80, you still have $523,000 in your IRA. By age 85, you have 493,000, almost back to your 500,000. By age 90, you have 426,000 still in your IRA. And by age 95, you still have 323,000 in your so IRA. So you have a big pot of money that you're leaving, assuming you're not leaving Well, your yeah, charity. you really haven't run out yet, even though you started at right. 70 and a half. And how much money is that going to create for the government? Because if it goes to people, you know, your beneficiaries that get taxed on it, maybe the government's actually going to come out better in that scenario. Well, it depends on, you know, IRD, right? right? You know, because if you're dying with that much in the IRAs, assuming it's going to a non-spouse beneficiary right. now, 
they don't get it tax free. Correct. Okay. So th- so I told the robot, well, what are you going to, you know, let's assume that you're in a 15% tax bracket in retirement. Okay. That's a combination of federal and state, I'd say. And let's say, though, but you know, your kids, they may be, when they, you know, w- when they inherit your IRA, they could be in their peak earning years. Which often happens. Maybe they're in a 25% bracket mm-hmm. between federal and state. That's right? what I'm saying. It may create more taxes by doing this. Um, so we could add, so, you know, uh, you know, we could add that up, um, now, but let's say they keep it at 70 and a half, but they lengthen it. So your first year isn't 27.4. They add five years to that longevity. So you're dividing by 32.4. Okay. And then, you know, every year after that, you, you get that, you know, that five year, you know, they just added five years to the longevity. So now the five hundred thousand. So does that help you a whole lot? Well, by age eighty, you're going to have five hundred sixty-seven thousand in your IRA. By age eighty-five, you're going to have five hundred seventy-four thousand. By age ninety, you're going to have five hundred fifty-three thousand. And by ninety-five, you're still going to have five hundred thousand. So at the five years more, you have five hundred thousand. You're starting your- with. And at age 90, you have 553000 And if you're the old method, you're starting at 500000 And by age 90, you have 426000 Hmm. In either case, you're not running out. Right. But do you see why they're saying, I don't know if this is really going to help the middle class. But it may help somebody who's in a high tax bracket. Right. Because they're deferring longer because maybe they think their kids are going to be in a lower tax bracket than them. Or I'm thinking it may create more tax dollars for the government. Well, I'll give you, I'll crunch some more numbers. <laughs> right. I asked the robot to crunch a lot more numbers okay, than good. this. All right. Come out to our classes on October 3rd, um, our retirement planning class in Independence at 6 o'clock. Or call us for a free consultation. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Have a great weekend. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.